Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fire of Truth podcast. My name is JT Lieber, certified hypnotherapist. And here on the Fire of Truth podcast each week, we take a look at spiritual truths, ideas, philosophies, religion, new age stuff, tarot, astrology, all of the above. And we work on getting to the bottom of it. Whether these things are true, whether they might be false, popular conceptions, misconceptions, because it seems to me that in most religions, most traditions, even if you go back to the very ancient ones that are just based on mythology, and maybe it just seems like a collective of stories, that at the bottom, there's some truth in these stories. Whether it's the archetypes as Jung talks about them, or perhaps something more fundamental. Maybe there is a greater mystery after all to the creation process. Something we haven't considered before. So that's what we're here to do on the Fire of Truth, as well as keep you, you know, we, we want to bring new information to you about religions and topics like that, mythologies. We want to look at what science is talking about as far as consciousness goes, dreams, all these exciting things. Today on this episode, we're going to talk about dreaming and dreaming the soul back to health. Now, it's a popular saying. Well, maybe it's not popular. At least it has a resonance with me from the time I first heard it. It's that a sick society is a society that does not dream. And I think that's a sign of the times. So whether you believe in dreams as like a mere chemical process that's going on in your brain, you know, if it's just the material of the day that the brain has to process and go through to make sense of, maybe it's doing some kind of sorting out, or if you believe on the other hand, as I do, and they take place largely not in the brain, but up and away from the body, in a whole other realm, um, you could call it the astral realm, or the dream time, as the Aboriginal Australians called it. But even there, there's a certain processing that's going on. There's this exchange of energy and information that's critical. And out there, especially if we see this as a soul activity, we're connecting with a higher power and maybe a more connected energy. So we're dealing with a deeper layer of consciousness that is more universal and perhaps where things are one. And so that exchange of information might be extremely important to our functioning as a society. We've heard the stories of people dreaming before terrible events. If you look at September 11th, many people had precognitive dreams leading up to that event. And we've all heard of psychics throughout history who have had premonitions before major world events occur. Now, how could this be possible if we weren't connected on some deeper level? So whatever your belief is as to whether 
dreams are merely happenstance going on in the brain, or if it's an actual spiritual experience moving on out of the body, there's a certain restorative process that occurs. You know, we wake up from sleep, hopefully, feeling refreshed, you know, because there's something going on. There's some kind of energy transference. Now, obviously, the body's asleep, physical body's at rest, and the mind also rests. But during REM sleep, during those cycles, the mind is actually active. And if you really want to drive a person crazy, they've done experiments with this with mice where they've deprived the mice of uh, REM sleep. And so the mice are not dreaming. Their brains are not processing on whatever level that is, or they don't actually leave the body and get to connect with the spiritual world, um, assuming that that's what occurs there. And it, it drives them crazy. Their health deteriorates super quickly. And, you know, I wonder if our modern way of living encourages this or if it causes this. I mean, drugs and alcohol obviously can have a huge impact on our dreams. Uh, stress, anxiety, depression. You know, there might even just be too much stimulus coming into our brains and our bodies on a day-to-day -day that can affect the quality of our dreams. So if it is a sick society that does not dream, the question then becomes, well, how do we bring the dreams back? How do we come back to health? How do we bring dreams back into our own lives? Well, there's a couple ways. One of the first things is just a saying that we have. We say it so offhandedly. And there's lots of things like this. I might do an entire episode on some point at some of the little phrases. You know, I'll, I'll channel my inner George Carlin and talk about human language because our language shapes the way we perceive things, whether we realize it or not. And that's where the danger comes in is when we do not realize what exactly we're saying and implying. So in this regards with dreams, we have to stop saying, oh, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. That's something we tell to children often. A child might come wide-eyed, full of energy. It might be fright, wonderment, excitement. And they go on and tell us about this elaborate dream they had. Or maybe it was a nightmare or something scary. Maybe it's something that they have to face in the dream. But what do we reply? We say, oh honey, that was just a dream. Back to bed. Go about in real life now. Oh, what a magical adventure you have. Oh, well, it was just a dream though. Go do your chores. Come eat breakfast. It's such a dismissive way. <coughs> Pardon me, my goodness. Gesundheit. It acknowledges the removal of the evil spirits, right? Or God bless you. So, we have to stop being dismissive of things being just a dream. It's incredibly harmful. Some of the most intense experiences of my life 
emotionally, and even from a perspective of like love, have come within the dream world when I was sleeping. And I think this happens a lot for a child too. I don't know how many of you are parents, but if you are, I'm sure there's been a time in your life where first thing in the mo morning, your kid comes in and says, Mommy, Daddy, I had this dream. And, and they just start exploding with all this information. And, and kids have the funniest way of telling dreams. You know, they can go into it and it's just, they remember everything and it's so detailed. And you're like, where are you going with this? This is insane. But more important, maybe not more, but just as important as the dream itself and the story and the communication of it is that they wake up with this energy. This real palpable excitement is there. And we crush that when we say, oh, it's just a dream. Oh, what a nice dream you had. Hmm. On with regular daily life. So we need to give dreams the respect that they deserve. Another way that we talk about dreams, we talk about dreams in opposition to waking life, to this physical existence we're sharing. So we'll say things like, you know, oh, well, in my dream, I was the emperor of the Netherlands. But, you know, the, now I'm awake and here I am in real life. I mean, I understand why we think this physical existence that we're sharing is real life, as opposed to the dream world. But for all we know, it may very well be the other way around. It may be that what goes on in the dream world, in the dreamscape, is a much more fundamental reality than here in this boxed-in three-dimensional place we call planet Earth. I mean, a lot of religions point to this. Hinduism calls this existence Maya, the grand illusion. Christianity points out that this body will just turn to dust and that the spirit is what's eternal. The goal of, of Christianity is heaven at the end of the day. It's salvation of the spirit. So it makes me wonder, is this physical, three-dimensional, solid domain more real than what goes on in the night? when we leave our bodies, when we dream? Is it more real than our imagination, than our thought, which takes place on kind of a different level as well? I think either way, the jury's out, and, and it's essential for us to explore these things on our own. Because it doesn't do any good for me to tell you. I mean, I know I've told you what I think dreaming is, but, you know, I also left open the possibility that maybe it is just a mechanical process, although I personally don't believe that. 
And I, the reason I don't believe that is from personal experience. I've tested these things. I've put into motion certain practices that's allowed me to lucid dream, to astral project, which is to float out of my body consciously. And you can do these things too. And I think that's the important part, is for you as an individual to test these things out. So when we're questioning, what's more real? This physical existence or our soul spiritual existence? Well, the way you find that out is through finding it out. Meditate. Find the silence. Work with your dreams. Your dreams are direct connection to the spiritual world. Every time you dream, you step into the spiritual world. Now again, this is my experience, firsthand. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. But I do want you to find out. Are you interested? I hope that I can help you, give you get guides, methods, processes to experiment with on your own. Another thing that we can do to bring dreams back into our society is to be more conscious during our waking day. Many of us are sleepwalking. Routines. Habits. Unconscious decisions. Reactions. Reactions are so bad. The thing that made me realize the most about the reactions that I had was having a kid. Because I would get angry with him. And that anger became so evident because I was directing it at my kid when he would misbehave. My blood would heat up. I could feel it rise up into my head and I had this anger for a moment and I began to be conscious of that anger because I knew that I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to be rash. I didn't want to be just a, just a mean, angry person to my son, right? And so I noticed when it happened and I noticed it would happen, well, I think that is the main thing, is to notice it as it happens. Because you can go and try to stop yourself, but hopefully it, it naturally stops. That, that's the idea, because when you try to stop yourself, you're just bringing in more friction. You know, we kind of talked about this last week, the way... You have to have patience when you're making change. So what we need to be is more conscious of our actions in day-to-day -day living. And if we can do that, as a matter of fact, it, when we do that, we're going to become more conscious in our dreaming life as well. Because as we learn to pay attention and see ourselves for who we are and how we're acting. When we notice that we're jealous, 
that we have conflict, that we have anger, that we're miserable, that we're sad, that we're thinking these same thoughts over and over, that we're identifying ourselves, and we start to be aware of those processes in our, in our own living, waking day. We're going to bring that same energy and awareness to our dream life. And it increases the odds that we begin to remember dreams and that we wake up with their energy and that we engage with them. And also, if we're able to be more aware of the things going on during the day, then when we go to sleep at night, we don't have to lay there and toss and turn and think about these things in order to process them. We'll be able to get a better night's worth of sleep. And that also will help you with your dreams to get to that REM sleep and to remember what's going on in the night. We need to talk about our dreams. We need to share them with people. We need to we need to have fun with this and, and maybe, you know, feel free to be a little bit silly and take a chance. But also invest. Think about your dreams. I've worked with some people who they're they're great dreamers, but they never never exactly consider what their dream actually means. They could share a long, intricate story because they just have this great recall and this great memory. But they just don't, they say, oh, what do you think that means? <laughs> and it's good to be light, but also like, well, I don't know, think about it, write about it. They dream about it. There's a lot less separation between a night dream and a daydream than you may think. So share your dreams. Your dream is energy. And there's a certain power there that you can claim. Just like earlier, I was talking about children when they wake up or have a really exciting dream. The energy is just palpable from them. My son woke up one day. And he woke me up. I said, Dad, I had this crazy dream. We were, it was you and me. And we were with this bird and we were flying around through these trees and we had to find these eggs and there was red eggs and yellow eggs and green eggs and we had to bring them all back to this nest because we were really looking for this rainbow egg and we just kept doing it and this bird kept trying to attack us but we had to save the eggs and we kept on knocking over walls and this is how he was telling me this story because he was just so excited and there, there was just so much energy in this dream. It was contagious. I was excited. Tell me more. And he was repeating himself even. And it, but there was just so much energy behind him that I just wanted to keep hearing about it. It was infectious. It was exciting. And so later that day, we actually got out paint supplies and canvas and we painted this dream. And it's hanging on the wall, the wall in my room. And it's we each painted a tree with these branches coming out, the bird's nest, and these different colored eggs, and this rainbow egg as well, and this rainbow bird. And we both look at that picture often because it has this energy for us. 
And what was exciting too about that particular dream is that it, it had to do with my future because my son had this dream a week before I went to a dream workshop uh, to be a certified dream teacher, uh, which I went to this summer, uh, last summer in July um, in Seattle with Robert Moss. And my son had this dream a week before I left and he shared it with me and it just it has the most energy from a dream that I can ever remember him having. And so I was able to take, well, he gave me that energy, you know, it, it, that excitement came through him and it, it came to me. And I knew that this week coming up was going to be exceptional for my dream life, my personal life, my spiritual life. And it just brought this energy. And, and it was interesting because this dream energy continued, you know, even on the plane ride to Seattle, I struck up a conversation with the guy sitting next to me. I told him I'm going to a dream workshop. And he tells me that he's a dreamer and he's wearing a shirt uh, that was in memorial for his brother who had passed away. And he tells me that for a month leading up to his brother's untimely death, he kept having dreams that he was dying. For a whole month leading up to it, he would have dreams that he was dying. And when he stopped having those, his brother passed away in a car accident. And I was like, wow, you know, it's just the power of the dream. And now this, this same gentleman, you know, it's a stranger I met sitting on a plane, going to a dream workshop after my son had given me this incredible dream full of energy and passion and discovery. The same gentleman tells me he then later had dreams about losing his leg. And he had that for about a month until his brother, his other brother, had lost his leg in an accident. And so here we are talking about this and there he is. I'm heading towards the dream workshop. He's wearing a t-shirt that was from the memorial of his brother. And he tells me one more dream he had about that brother. His brother came to him in the dream and said, so what are you going to do with that $13,000? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> his brother says, the 13000 what are you going to do with it? Yeah, what? He, he didn't, he didn't know anything about $13,000. Well, that was the end of that dream. And during the day, the next day, now he typically plays lottery numbers. And he usually plays the uh, either the pick three or the pick four. That was his brother's birthday, the brother that had passed, the one that had just come to him in that dream. He played his numbers in such a way that if they come in and he hits, he would have won $12,800. Now, maybe you heard me just slip in, would have won, because that day, he didn't quite get to the gas station in time 
to play his numbers like he normally did. And so he was devastated. He, he said he was really mad at his brother, but at the same time, it, it was maybe had he been a little more, not conscious, but maybe a little bit more aware, maybe if he took his dreams a little bit more seriously, maybe if he wrote them down daily and really considered what they were trying to tell him, he would have got the message to make sure you play these numbers today. Because like I said, sure enough, they came in and he didn't have them played and he didn't get his, uh, I think he said it would have been like $12,896 or something. So yeah, pay attention to your dreams. You might, you might strike it rich if you do it right. <laughs> so your dreams are energy. There's this energetic exchange that goes on in the night in your dreams where information is either given to you for intuition, uh, for a new idea. It, it might help you uh, feel better or feel differently about something. It might encourage you. And a great way to work with your dreams. So, you know, I, I said earlier that you need to talk about your dreams. Share your dreams with people. So the easy way to do this is something called the lightning dream process. Now it's very simple. It can happen in anywhere from five to 10 minutes, the whole process. And it's a way to work through your dreams with other people. It's a way to share and think about them and talk about them. So it simply goes like this, the lightning dream process. First, you share your dream and you tell it like a story. So you don't give a whole bunch of background information, you know, like if your aunt was in your dream, just tell the dream and what happened within the dream. Don't say, well, me and my aunt, you know, we were doing this in the dream, but me and her have been feuding and, you know, she said I was a, a B word. And so we've been fighting and going back and forth and her daughter and my daughter are not just get, you know, you leave all that out. Just share your dream as a story. Okay. Because there's energy in the dream. And all the background information becomes a block to that energy. Okay? So, tell your dream. Next. How did you feel when you woke up? Were you excited? Were you energized? Were you a little confused? Your emotions, when you come out of the dream, help really give context to the dream. It, it, it asks or it can tell you how you're feeling about the subject of the dream. If you're feeling lost and confused, well, there's obviously a need for clarity. If you wake up feeling excited, well, what was it about that dream that was so exciting? What gave you that energy, right? It's a good way to gain a base understanding is how did you feel when you woke up? How do you feel? First thing, okay. Next, you wanna do a reality check. You're gonna ask yourself, can this play out in my waking life? Ah, notice I didn't say real life. Can that play out in the daytime world, right? Can it play out in this physical reality? And this can be something you might have to avoid. It could give you 
a heads up not to do that thing you were thinking about doing because it might turn out disastrous, okay? It might tell you you need to play my birthday when you go and play the lottery today. So ask yourself, you know, and think about that. If, if that gentleman on the plane had asked himself, you know, reality check, hmm, could I... How could I get $13,000 that my brother's talking about? Oh, I better make sure I play his numbers. It might have become a priority for him. He would have been sitting in first class <laughs> instead of next to me. So, yeah, do a reality check. The next thing is to ask yourself, you know, you're going to ask yourself, you know, what questions do you have about the dream? What is it that you want to know? What is the dream asking you? What do you want to ask the dream? Dreams are hardly a, a straightforward affair. I mean, there are uh, tons of different interpretations of dreams, tons of different ways of getting involved. So, you know, what, what question are you left with? And then... Throughout your day, you pay attention to that as well, you know? And in this dream lightning process, you, you want to be sharing this. You want to be talking through this. Now, you can kind of do a, uh, the lightning process on your own, too, but this is something good to share with somebody else, whether it's a family member. It's a great thing to do in the morning when you get up. Um, do it with your family, you know? And then you can all capture that energy together. And maybe there's some sort of common theme going on. So once you've shared with somebody, they want to give you their take on the dream. And the way you do this, you always say, if it were my dream, because we don't want to assume that we know what the other person's dream means. We want to make sure that we create the safe space and boundary around the dream and we don't want to box it in either so you don't want to just say well you know you were uh, let's see what well, you were dreaming about uh spiders and spiders are eight-legged creatures and so they're not you know bugs but that means that you're gonna have a hard time um you know, being intentional and your whatever you think spiders means, you know, it, it doesn't matter because you don't want to tell the person what it means. You want to say, well, if it were my dream, you know, if it were my dream, I would see spiders as an animal that creates webs and they're able to capture ideas and capture the essence of things, okay? And, you know, the person whose dream it was, they can accept that or not accept that. It doesn't doesn't really matter because you're giving your personal take on it, you know. And so, yeah, that's then the last part of the lightning dream process is what, what kind of action are you going to take according to your dream? What are you going to do now? How are you going to honor your dream? How are you going to take that energy that you have that has come from the dream and apply it in this waking physical world.
Go out and do something. Honor the dream. Paint it. Draw it. Write about it. Maybe there's some more concrete act, um, action that you can take. Go buy those lottery tickets. Whatever it is, dreams will give more energy the more action you take. It creates this conversation, this dialogue that occurs. So as the dream provides content and as we take action accordingly, the dreams give more content and we take more action and there's this, this flow that can occur. And it can be quite musical too. So let's go over once again the lightning dream process. Okay? First, tell your dreams a story. Bring out the emotions. Tell it step by step what happened. Okay? You don't go into super detail, but bring the energy forth. Okay? Don't bring any background baggage, you know. Maybe one of the characters is your mom or something. Like, don't go into the background history. Just tell it as a story. Okay? Number two, how did you feel? Were you excited? Does this dream give you energy? Were you confused? Do you have a bunch of questions? Were you sad? Is this something that, you know, is foreseeing something bad that might happen? Okay? Next, reality check. Might this be something that happens in your future? Could this actually happen in your waking life? Is it something that, you know, does it express a dynamic? Is it something symbolic about what might happen moving forward? The next step, if it were my dream, this is for the person that you share the dream with, they get to respond with, if it were my dream, and they tell you the connections that they made, or you get to do the same for them. Remember, you don't tell them what their dream meant, and you don't need to ask super personal questions either. This is just the first thoughts that come to you, and it, you want to keep it light and intuitive. And lastly, what kind of action are you going to take? How are you going to honor your dream? Are you going to get out there and maybe make a painting? Or are you going to ask out that girl that you've been thinking about asking out? Whatever it is, you need to do something that lets the dream know that you acknowledge it, you appreciate the energy, and you want to continue forth in dialogue. So, that is the lightning dream process. Now, another way to bring back dreaming into this dreamless society is simply to intend to dream. That's right. Make it a point to dream. You know, people ask me, well, I don't remember my dreams. What can I do? I don't remember them anymore. Many people, you know, remember dreams when they were children, but now, oh, nothing. Well, you can do some very simple things to help you achieve your goal of remembering your dreams. First of all, start with a dream journal. Get a pen, get a pad of paper, set it by your bed in the evening when you go to sleep. Before you go to sleep, write down your intention. Write down, I intend to remember my dreams and I will record them when I awake. It can be as simple as that. If you meditate even, give yourself 5, 10, 15 minutes before you go to sleep, just think about your dreams. Think about writing down what you remember. Think about remembering. Whatever it is, if you can direct your attention and your energy towards dreaming and remembering your dreams, 
you're going to be successful. So before you go to sleep, you set the intention. I will remember my dreams. Have the dream journal by your bed ready to go. Now, when you wake up, it's possible you don't actually remember anything specific. That's okay. Write down how you feel. Maybe you feel refreshed. Write that down. I feel very refreshed this morning. That was a good sleep. Maybe I feel irritated. Whatever it might be. And maybe, maybe you just remember something like a color. Maybe you remember a, a, the color red. Write that down too. When you start to write these things down, it becomes easier and easier. And dreams are a lot like memories. Have you ever have you ever been talking to an old old time friend or a family member and you guys start talking about a story? You, you talk about the one time you went to the amusement park together. And you share that one particular moment that was just so hilarious that you both remember so fondly. But then as you're telling the story, well, oh yeah, and I forgot. Like, Melissa did this and that too. Oh yeah. And remember, you did that thing with the ice cream and it fell over, right? All these other aspects come flooding back when you bring that memory to life and start to retell the story. So in the same way with your dreams, even if you wake up and you barely remember the story at all, write down whatever it is that you remember and you will be so surprised at how little details, just a little more and more, start coming back and they just keep coming back. So last night, or I guess this morning, I, I woke up and I remember in my dream, I was walking to a soccer field to watch my team or my brother's team or something play. And I knew something came before that. You know, I'm like, wait, I'm walking there. I remember walking from a place there. And so I started thinking about that. And I couldn't recall right away, so I start writing down how I'm at this soccer field and there's these two players fighting and what was going on in the dream. And it just came back to me. Oh, yes. Before I went to the soccer field, I was at uh, this job I had many years ago. That's right. So whatever it is that you wake up with, if it's a feeling or an emotion, maybe you wake up with a memory. Maybe you wake up thinking about something that's on your mind often. Whatever it is, write it down. Because if you want to dream, this is probably the easiest way that you can begin dreaming again and remembering your dreams. Is have a dream journal before you go to sleep. Intend to write in the morning. Capture your dream. Intend to record your dream. And then in the morning, write it down. Write something. Whatever it is that you have. So I've had people ask me too, what if we no longer remember my dreams? Like what if what if I know I'm I'm kind of dreaming, but I don't 
remember them anymore. Well, first, the dream journal, like I just described, is a great way. But another thing that you can do is go back to the last dream that you do remember. And you can work with that. If it's the last dream you remember, it has some kind of energy. Maybe it was giving you some kind of a message. Maybe it was asking you to do something. Maybe there's something there that needs to be addressed to further your dream life. So go back to that. You can do something to honor that. Play with it, you know. Maybe you want to write about it, draw about it. Think about it, take an action about it, daydream about it. Maybe close your eyes for a few minutes and try to specifically remember what it was like in that dream. Try to recall the details. Try to see yourself back in that dream. Because you can use that as a doorway, a gateway into more dreams and more possibilities. Another reason you might not remember dreams um, Sometimes medication interferes with dreams. Sometimes I've heard certain medication like enhances and gives people crazy vivid dreams. Um, you know, medication, drugs, um, just extreme anxiety and stress, you know, might not allow you to get into the proper um, sleep state to have dreams. So there might be something else you have to address on a deeper level. Um, not a deeper level, but... Um, you know, a more surface level, like if you're just very stressed and anxious and you can barely sleep, like, well, you got to figure out how to take care of that first. So, um, a quick note on nightmares. When we have nightmares, uh, something I like to remember and tell people is that dreams are not on our case. They are on our side. Okay, when you have a nightmare, your dream is not trying to get you. It is trying to get your attention because it wants to help you. So nightmares are not necessarily bad things. Yeah, they can be scary, but they might be alerting you to something that may save your life if you pay attention and take action accordingly. The best advice I have for people who do have nightmares is to face whatever it is in your nightmare. Now, whether you can do that while you're dreaming, that's great. Or come up with an idea while, while you're awake. You know, what is it that you could do to address whatever it is that is attacking you in your nightmare? Whatever the scary situation is, what kind of plan can you come up with? And even, even doing that when you're awake as a, as a journaling exercise, can help lead you to a breakthrough. So that's what I would say about nightmares. The next thing I wanted to touch on today are the five ways to good psychic health. And this comes from Robert Moss's book, Active Dreaming. And I just think it's such great practical advice. Now, this does not just apply to dreamlike. Although doing these things will help you dream more and more vividly. So again, this is a good advice for how to have a good psychic health, right? How to be mentally and spiritually at least 
in balance to function. And this can help you with your dreams and it can help you with, I think, your anxiety. If you suffer from anxiety, depression, stress, these are just great ways to combat that that I don't think many people talk about. So uh, number one is to ground yourself. This is so very important. And it's something um, I have to remind myself to do often. Um, something one of my good friends often tells me that I need to do is stay grounded because my ideas can float out of my head and I can be very airy and lofty. I'm not an Aries, I'm a Taurus. But yeah, so how do you ground yourself? What does that mean? Well, it's two feet on the ground, firm and solid, right? It's doing yoga. It's being connected with nature. A great way to think about it is connecting with the four elements, earth, fire, wind, and air. <laughs> All right, let me try it again. Earth, wind, fire, water. Yeah. So maybe you go on a swim. Maybe you walk in nature. Maybe you sunbathe, right? Just doing some exercise, physical work. If you can get connected with the earth and nature in that way, there's so much power there. And I think this is even more important today than it ever has been because you can go to work, come home, stay inside, watch TV all day, uh, play video games. There's no, you don't have to go outside and interact with people. You don't have to go outside and be with nature. But just going on a walk, even if it's around just your block, your neighborhood, it's just such a great way to allow some of the emotions or allow your thoughts to kind of settle. You get the blood moving, you get the heart pumping a little bit. And it just brings you, it brings you to your body. And I think that's, you know, swimming does that, exercise does that, sunbathing can do that. Because we are here, we are in these bodies. We need to have a very personal connection with them. And that forms the base for everything else that we want to do. So a good, strong, foundational, healthy body that's grounded is essential for good psychic health. It's like, imagine... Um, you know, electrical currents, um, whether it's like in a battery or to your house or a circuit breaker, if that's not grounded, it can be random, it can be dangerous, right? So being grounded, connected, in this physical body gives us the foundation that we need to have good psychic health. So, we can also invoke blessings and protection. Now, it's important to know that even when you feel most alone, help is available. You can invoke uh, the gatekeepers, uh, which is something Robert Moss loves to do. Uh, I enjoy to do it too. Um, the gatekeepers are the powers that open and close doors in your life. Okay? A very simple request is that 
You can ask may the doors and passing gates for me be open. For those that I love be open. May the gates and pass and doors of those who wish to do me or any that I love any harm be closed. May it be so. I tried to do as best as I remember Robert doing it as well, but it's just essentially a prayer, a request, sending it out, that the things that you want are available to you, and that nothing can come to harm you either. And you can pray this, you can pray to, um, you know, the god or goddess that's most active in your life. Um, invoke the blessings even of your ancestors. You know, there are spirits, and they are here to help. You have to get connected with them. Ask for guidance. Ask for your paths to be open. It's essential. And when you do this, it's always important to, to both, and I think this is really important and it's wise, to give thanks for the blessings that you've been given and also for the challenges, because it's through our challenges that we grow. So we want to be thankful for those as well. Number three on the list of the five ways to good psychic health is to check your boundaries. Now, a lot of people talk about boundaries, how important they are. But I think there's a lot of toxic notions when it comes to boundaries. People like to see negative people and negative en energy as inflicting upon their boundaries. So they say that they want to check their boundaries, but what they really want to do is check other people and keep these other people away from them. Well, you should always start with yourself. So when you check your boundaries, you need to be careful about what you invite into your space. Okay. You want to make sure that you have good and wholesome people with you, people who support you. You don't want toxic people. You don't want narcissists around. You don't want babies around. Not the cute ones, but like adult-sized babies who always need attention and are essentially energy vampires. You don't want that. So be careful what you allow and who you allow into your space. Monitor your thoughts and feelings and choose them intentionally, right? Throughout the day, see where you're at. See what you're thinking about. If you're not feeling good or something is stressing you out, see, what, see what's going on internally. Okay, I don't feel good. I'm thinking about the bills. Okay. Maybe you need to make a plan to address that and then set it aside. Maybe for the time being, you need to channel your thoughts elsewhere. You need to feel something differently. Be intentional with what you're allowing in. Okay? I'm not saying ignore the bills, because that's never a good idea. But what I'm saying is that if that reality is affecting you to such a great degree, you need to either do something about it, that allows you to feel and think differently about them or you just need to start feeling 
and thinking about something different from the time being if you're incapable of making a plan or putting it into a context which works for you. You need to be able to distinguish what belongs to you and what does not. So human beings are energetic beings and we can pick up on each other's vibrations. We can pick up on thoughts that people have had. Okay. So for instance, if a random image comes into your mind or an obscure life memory begins surfacing and it's seemingly for no reason, see if you might be picking that up from somebody else. It might be something that has been put out there by another individual. So, you know, make sure that you have your boundaries. Because by being able to see where it's coming from, you can decide whether or not to deal with that, accept it or not. Especially when it comes from somebody else. You can dismiss that. Number four is to choose your day. And this begins with the mantra that energy flows where attention goes. So choose your day means choose where your attention is going to be placed. What are you going to be focusing on? What are you going to be thinking about? What is your main concern? What is your main objective? What is your main mission for the day, right? Hopefully you choose something that brings you joy, something that makes you happy. So you want to, it's a great idea to do this at the beginning of the day. What are you doing today? What's your focus on? What are you going to get done? And you can do this throughout your day. Center yourself as often as you have to. And you need to do something to connect with your own self. Okay? Because there's, it, it's very easy to live by default and to just allow whatever is in your environment to dictate to you how you're going to feel. And this is a huge difference between children and adults. Because as children, a lot of what comes to us and our reaction to it is, is, is by default. We don't have a choice where we grow up, what household, what conditions, what kind of treatment we get from our family or others. But as adults, we do get to choose. So every day, make the choice. And it seems silly for me to say, choose your happiness or choose your bliss or whatever it might be. But, you know, do that. You don't have to think about the bad things or the things that are going wrong or the things that are stressing you out. It might take a while to switch the momentum, to switch the way you're oriented. If you've always been somebody who sees the bad things, notices the bad things or experiences, or you're somebody who says, well, it's just the way it goes for me. Stop saying that. And work on it. Work on it. Have fun with it. And it means, you know, letting go of the past and any sort of guilt you might have felt. And it means letting go of the future. 
than the fear you might feel of what's to come. You know, live with meaning in the present and focus on what that meaning is for you. Choose your day. And this fifth one goes along well with that. It's to lighten up. Lighten up. Have a sense of humor. Life is fun. It's silly. It's crazy. The changes this world has gone through in the last 20 to 30 years is dizzying. The speed, technology, the interconnectedness of people. It's insane. And we can't keep up with it on a mental level. So you got to lighten up. Have a sense of humor. So the other thing is that life is musical. Okay? Be light with life like you are with music. You don't go to a show or put on a new CD and furrow your brow and judge everything that you're listening to. Hmm. I don't know if I like that bass line. Hmm. And the vocal's just a little bit off. Hmm. Okay. When you go to a concert, you sit back or you stand up, however you, whatever kind of music you're into, <laughs> and you enjoy it. You enjoy the energy, the movement, the flow. You're not waiting for the music to get to the end. You're enjoying it in the moment. The ups and downs, the emotional aspects, you let it flow. And this quote from uh, Sir Thomas More is great. The devil, that proud sprite, cannot bear to be mocked. When somebody's in a bad mood, if you're able to cheer them up, be fun, be light, have a sense of humor, they can't help but come around to some degree, typically. I mean, there are some very hard-headed people who just choose their own misery. But most people can be cheered up. So lighten up, have a sense of humor, life is musical, and have fun. Right? Okay, so now I'm going to move on to a dream interpretation. Um, and this is something I want to do regularly. So if you do have a dream you would like me to interpret you can send them to me either like us on Facebook fire of truth on Facebook and send us a video message that would be great and I can play your audio and, and see uh, you know kind of the energy behind the dream for you personally uh, otherwise you can send it uh, in an email to JT at plrhypnosis.com. That's JT at plrhypnosis.com. And that's where they're going for now. Soon we'll get the Fire of Truth website up and, you know, maybe we can uh, make it a lot easier process. But 
So today I have a dream from Christine, and her dream goes like this. In my dream, I lost my car in a parking garage. Each level was something different. One had hard floors and a wedding was going on. Another one was a hospital with curtains and medical equipment. I was super lost and was looking everywhere for my car and found it tucked away on a ramp of some sort. I'm trying to remember the other little details. Okay, Christine, there's some very interesting things going on here. Um, one thing that I always think about in, in, in my own dreams is when things have multiple levels, I think of multiple layers of consciousness or maybe different puzzle pieces, right, that are all trying to fit in together. So if it were my dream, having the dream at a parking garage. A parking garage is a place where you leave your travel item, right, your car. It's a place that typically it will mark the end, uh, the beginning and the end of an occasion. So like if you're going into a parking garage, you're going to some event somewhere. So that's the first place you go to, and then it's where you leave. So a parking garage to me, as the setting in a place, indicates like this beginning and this ending. Now, you also found your car was parked on a ramp of some sort. So what's interesting is that you're not quite pulled into the parking lot. So you're not quite committed to a process, to something that needs to begin and something that needs to end, right? So, and you're lost as well, so it, it kind of goes along with that. You're searching for your purpose, you're looking for your location, your, your meaning, you're maybe looking for your why. And so the car on the ramp indicates you're kind of in a state of limbo, of indecision. You haven't parked, you haven't made that decision. And now, with the wedding, okay, so th there's hardwood floors and there's a wedding. So those things, hardwood floors, it's a solid foundation, a wedding, joy, union, commitment. Those are the first things that come to mind for me. So, and then with the hospital, underneath that, hospital with curtains and medical equipment, my thought is about health, wellness, and healing. So, to tie all of it together, I'm asking myself, I'm saying if it's my dream, what is it about my health and wellness and healing that I'm not committing to? Okay, The commitment has to do with starting, finding your parking place, pulling in, right? And it also has to do with the wedding, a union, a long-term commitment, okay? And so I'm asking myself, is there anything that's been on my mind, anything that I've thought about that I just haven't quite committed to yet? So I think like, uh, yeah, what, what could I do that would better my health? Um, what is it that would make me feel good in that? Um, if it's my dream, I'm thinking, you know, that I would feel lost. I could probably feel lost right now as to where to engage with this. So, you know, maybe something you've been struggling to commit to. So if there is something along those lines, 
that you've been considering, make the move, park your car, and get out and get at it. So that's this week's dream interpretation. Okay, and so the last thing I want to touch on today is practical spiritual practice. I'm going to come up with some catchier title for this part of the show. But basically, it's where I offer um, a tip, something that you can do actively, engagingly, something you can do that will help your spiritual develop. At least that's the goal. So some, some week it might be like a meditation. Um, other weeks might be journaling prompts or maybe uh, some kind of yoga exercise. Could be any and all of the above. But this week with our focus on dreams and uh, the dreaming, the soul, and health. I think this is a, a good journaling exercise uh, to access your power by defining your personal truth. And so what you want to do is you want to get pen and paper. You want to give yourself plenty of time and space to do uh, this exercise. And all there is is five questions, and I want you to answer them, and make sure that you answer them from the heart and the gut, right? Not from the mind, not, not just from what you think right away, or you know maybe what you think that you should think about these things. Let it really come from a deep place. So really give yourself the space and the capacity and time to do this exercise. And if one of the questions, if you're, if you're not sure what the answer is, then you don't have to write anything. Just leave it blank. And that will give you the space for the answer to come to you over the next, over the next period of time moving forward. So the first question is, what do I love? The second question, what makes me happy? The third question, what does my heart long for? The fourth, what would I risk everything to defend? And fifth, if my life ended today, what would I most regret not having done? So those are your five questions, and by writing these out and thinking about them, feeling them into existence, you're going to better understand who you are. So earlier we talked about bringing dreams back into society. We talked about how important it was to have a focus and how your attention goes, sorry, energy goes, Energy flows where attention goes. That's the saying. And how you need to choose your day. Choose what you're going to experience, what you're going to focus on, what you're going to give your mind and energy to. So this exercise, by understanding and defining your personal truth, can help to orient you towards what's truly important to you. 
And I think that's essential. I think it's a great place to start on any spiritual journey. I think these five questions, for anyone who wants to begin and move forward in a spiritual adventure in their life, these five questions, what do I love? What makes me happy? What does my heart long for? What would I risk everything to defend? And if my life ended today, what would I most regret not having done? If you can understand and get a grasp on these questions, then you can now orient yourself as you move forward powerfully and as an individual here on this planet Earth. And that's going to wrap up for today. The Fire of Truth podcast with your host, certified hypnotherapist, JT Lieber. Until next time, bye-bye.